Hi. As everybody knows, my name is Aerith Baker, and I've literally been going to this church since I was in the womb. But if you don't know me, or if you do know me, here's just a few things about me. I just started my freshman year at high school, so please pray for me. Because <laughs> high school's rough. Um, and I'm also a competitive dancer at Jane School of Dance. I love spending time with my family and friends, and I don't like to brag, but the kids definitely love me the most. <laughs> Even if the parents want to admit it, they all know the children love me the best. So I don't like steak, and I eat pizza rolls every single day for lunch, and I like to go shopping, and I spend a lot of so, <laughs> I personally feel that when you know more about a person and how they think that it can help you understand how they interpret God's word and how I use my own personal experiences to help me teach others about Christ. So I don't know if anyone's heard this song before tonight, You Rewrite My Story, but we went to the women's conference last week, um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and I haven't heard it since Summerfest. And I really connected to it at Summerfest, but then we went to the women's conference, and I could just feel it in my heart while listening to the songs that God's purpose for my lesson was going to be when you write my story. Amen. The prefix of rewrite, which is re, can be defined as again and again. No matter how many times you say or do something, the prefix of re will always be over and over again. Everyone has a different story, even identical twins who have the same DNA and came from the same room have different stories. I know that we just sang the song and the chorus repeated is, you rewrite my story, you rewrite my story, you redeem and restore me, turning shame into glory. This chorus is so, so powerful. God continues to write your story and continues to be the author. He restores and redeems people daily. For example... In 1 John 9, 1 through 12, Jesus heals a black man. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi and his disciples asked him, Why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the task assigned to us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, Go, wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, Isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said he was, and others said, No, he just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, yes, I am the same one. They asked, who healed you? What happened? He told them, the man they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed, and now I can see. This is just one example and a parable of the story of Jesus restoring someone's sight and healing a man. Hundreds of stories are told in the Bible of men and women and children of all ages. No matter the sin, illness, situation, God can always restore and redeem someone. Even if the circumstances are continuing to get worse, as you feel as there's no way out. The second part of the chorus says turning shame into glory. Many times people use their testimonies of being drug addicts and alcoholics to testify and inspire people to get clean. 
And they can use their past sins to glorify God for saving them when they were covered in sin and were far from God's purpose and plan. My mom just a few Wednesdays ago told us about Patrick Flogger's testimony about being a recovering drug addict of 19 years, and now he is preaching to hundreds of thousands all over the world. Sometimes I read the same story over and over again because I hate change. One of my favorite books ever is The Hunger Games. I have reread the books probably over 10 times, and I couldn't tell you how many times I've watched those movies. I have listened to the same songs almost every day since fifth grade. I wear the same brand of clothes because I'm comfortable in them. I know what because I know what I like. I've had the same friends since fourth grade. I've continued to dance for the past five years of my life. And like I said, I eat pizza rolls every single day. And sometimes, just like me wanting to reread the same book over and over again, we want to relive and stay in the same season of our life because it's comfortable and we don't like change. I'm guilty of wanting to stay in the same season of my life fully. I will admit that. I know that is something I have to work on, but I also know that others struggle with this sin. Sometimes baby Christians usually assume that after they are saved or baptized, that they will automatically go to heaven and their past battles won't come back or new battles won't occur. But that's a lie, and we have to move into new seasons of our life, even if they are difficult or don't seem possible. We have to continue to feed ourselves God's word, praise and worship daily. We can't just go to church on Sundays and maybe throw in a couple Wednesdays a few times a month and expect to be fully involved and deep in your relationship with God. You have to dive into your relationship with Him, listening to His gentle voice as the Holy Spirit is trying to guide you and call you to certain situations and paths that you're uncertain about. A lot of times when we do a rewrite, we throw away the papers and scribble out things. We start on a new piece of paper and we get a new slate in life. God refreshes us and we start new and yeah. fresh with no yeah. sin. We can do this by getting saved or even baptized if you are led by the Holy Spirit. Or if you're feeling a little Pentecostal, you can even start speaking in tongues. I was recently filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, at Summerfest over the summer. And the joy and the feeling of God inside you while you're speaking in tongues is immaculate. There are not enough words to describe how it feels to be speaking the language that God has gifted you and allowed you to speak as a follower of him. If you're on the edge of speaking in tongues, you have to remember that you just have to relax and allow him to take over your mind, body, and spirit. But with a new slate, you can realign your priorities and be reminded of your past sins and to remember and fight against the devil's attacks because he knows your weaknesses and he knows what you struggle with and he will do anything to try and take you away from God and ruin your relationship with him. Like I said in the beginning, everyone has a different story that is messed up, tore up, and crazy in every way. But everyone always wants a happy ending. I hate books when they add on a bad note or a cliffhanger because I always want a happy ending. I want the happily ever after. We want our stories at the end to have happy endings, meaning we make it to heaven and we're finally free from sin, sickness, and we get to enjoy eternal life with our Creator and loving Father. But to get to our happy ending, we have to let God be our author. God has to have the pen writing our story, telling us where to go and how to live. Many times we take the pen out of God's hand and try to erase his work and write in what we want to happen instead of being patient and allowing him to write out our story. Our stories will end up badly and we will go to hell if we are the authors because we are imperfect and we can't write out our 
Oftentimes, people think that no one is allowed to be broken in their stories. Every story has a conflict and pain that the narrator or main character is going to go through that the reader gets attached to. We don't have to go through pain by ourselves. I'm speaking to myself because I don't like to tell people when I'm in pain. No, I'm definitely not afraid to tell you if you're getting on my nerves. Or, or if I don't like you. Or other things like that, which I have to work on. But many times if I'm struggling mentally or even physically, when I get hurt at dance, I will keep it to myself. Or when I'm struggling mentally, I don't like to tell people because I do not like to burden people with my problems. But you can burden God with any of your problems. He wants you to talk to him about anything and everything. You can talk to God about going to the grocery store. You can thank God for waking you up in the morning and giving you shelter, food, and a family. We are so blessed, and we take our lives for granted. Just simple prayers throughout the day make God so happy. Even a small prayer when you wake up and before you start your day can be so beneficial for your sleep and how you start your day. Anyone who has published a book has to draft their work before it can be published. An average author has to draft and rewrite different chapters at a minimum of six times. Sometimes we have to repeat difficult parts of our lives and try to fix a broken marriage, a broken relationship, or even a broken heart over and over again. As humans, we are not perfect, and we make mistakes. And sometimes that means that we have to rewrite a few chapters and go back and try and fix our past sins to grow as new people as we get further into our stories. Some people have short stories that don't last long, and some people have long stories with huge and magnificent adventures. But it doesn't matter as long as God is your author and guided and wrote your story. The story is important and deserves to be heard, and it deserves to be written even when you feel unworthy. When God is your author of the story, sometimes he can put people in your world that teach you valuable lessons. Sometimes our closest friends and families can be taken in and out of our lives for the better. God knows what he's doing. He's all-knowing and knows what is right for us. Even when we doubt him, he continues to write our story and show us our purpose. Of course, I'm only 14, and I know some of my purpose. I'm not fully prepared prepared for the future, but I continue to trust God and pray that he will light the way and where he wants me to serve in his kingdom. But I've probably had about two huge events in my life that have affected my story, and one event that continues to impact my story daily. Number one, bear with me, my mom's cancer. She was diagnosed when I was nine, and I remember the exact moment, what I was wearing, and where my parents sat us down on the couch and told us that my mom had cancer. I was just confused and upset because I was young and didn't fully understand the pain that she was about to go through. Of course, I was eavesdropping for the appointment and overheard my parents talking, and I could hear in my mom's voice the pure fear. And my mom was always put together, so that was pretty scary for me. So, of course, I had to ask more questions. It's like, my dad's a horrible liar. <laughs> so, one day I was like, hey, dad, I was like, what's mom going to all these doctor's appointments for? And he was like, uh, 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 ask your mom. So, I immediately knew that something was up. But I cried that night in my bed at nine years old, confused as to why my amazing mother, would be, who put everything into this kid in the church, would be punished with cancer. But through her cancer, our whole family grew stronger. And my relationship at even 9 to 10 years old grew because I saw God heal my mom. And I'm forever grateful that he healed her because my mom is my everything. 
and then when she gets on my nerves, and embarrasses me. Number two, death after death. In my family, we've experienced a lot more death than people that I know. One of the deaths that I feel as though I struggled with the most is my mom. Watching somebody die is just as it sounds, horrific. I would never wish it upon anybody, even my worst enemy. But I was 11, and Teresa and my mom were trying to take care of her during COVID while my mom was trying to teach at the same time. And Teresa had just gained full custody of her grandchildren. I stepped up even as an 11-year-old and tried to help with Olivia and Robert because I couldn't help my mom. So I convinced myself that if I could help Robert and Olivia, that she would stay alive if I kept going. But that didn't work because that's not how death and I remember the sobs of my mom and Teresa as she took her last breath. But I remember that I also wanted to be strong for my mom. So I went to the bathroom, cried for a few minutes, cleaned myself up, and went back to the bedroom to tell Robert that she had passed away while trying to console Olivia from a nightmare. But death can also bring you strength no matter the situation. God always has, to, has a plan, and you have to trust and be faithful. And finally, my mind is one of my greatest struggles. If you know me, you will know that I'm a huge perfectionist in everything I do. No matter, no matter what it is, I want to be the best. I hate making mistakes more than anything. People that are perfectionists don't really understand how your mind works and how damaging your mind can be for your mental health. I absolutely hate disappointing people, and the feeling that overwhelms me when I hurt someone emotionally or disappoint them is absolutely destroying for someone who thrives to make everyone happy and be perfect. But I also know what I'm worth, and don't let anyone walk all over me, which can sometimes get me in trouble. <laughs> Many times my brain repeats the same phrases over and over again. You're not good enough. You're not skinny enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not smart enough. And even sitting there in that pew, waiting to come up here, the devil just was repeating my mind. You can't do this. You can't do this. You shouldn't go up there. You should not do this. You cannot. You, you're going to disappoint people because you're not going to do good enough. Just over and over again, these thoughts playing in my head, making me feel weak and ashamed, even when I know who created them. Satan knows that one of my biggest weaknesses is wanting to fit in and look and be like everyone else, even when I know I'm God's masterpiece. But Satan knows that, and he gets into my thoughts and repeats these things over and over again, making me doubt my abilities and appearances. But recently, teenagers and young adults who have been having these thoughts think that there's no way out, even maybe wanting to commit suicide. I know this is hard and not a, lot of, not a topic a lot of people like to bring up because it's controversial to Christians, but I'm not here to fight or argue with anybody. But suicide is the second leading cause of death for people between the ages of 15 and 24. 50,000 people just in 2022 took their life. 50,000 people that the devil was able to get so deep into their mind that they couldn't believe the truth anymore and thought that dying was the only way out. The court with the bridge of you write my story says, when I thought it was over, you spoke up, you called me by my name. When I thought it was over, you spoke up, you have the final say. I love this song, and it's saying over and over, when you thought your story was over and your life was over, he called you by your name. He knows every person's name in this entire world, and he called yours, and he has the final say, and he's the author of our story, and he has control over everything in our lives. God can rewrite your story. He can rewrite anybody's. He can bring you out of the depths of hell and show you who you really are. God can 
can take you from being an addict to becoming sober. God can take you from being depressed to being happy. God can take you from being anxiety ridden to stress free. God can take you from being suicidal to wanting to wake up every morning. God can make you lost to found. God can make you go from mourning to dancing. God can make you sick to heal. God can make broken families become gathered families. And God can make an abuser a survivor. Abuse and a survivor. God can do anything and rewrite any story, yeah. no matter how bad you may think it be. Yeah. Your story may almost be over, but God can restore and heal any heart. Yeah. A few years back at a youth conference, I was with a friend. We had college leaders, and she said to me, you may be the only Bible someone ever reads. This quote has never left me. Every time you're moaning and groaning because someone cuts you off, or someone had an attitude with you this morning, or you didn't get enough sleep, Remember that your actions and how you present your story to others can affect how someone views you. A simple act of kindness can bring someone so much happiness and help them see God in you. You have a unique testimony, and God will allow you to struggle in your story to help someone find their way in theirs. No matter how hard your story gets, remember to let God be the author and listen to him in all chapters. If your life is happy, praise him. If your life is painful, Praise him. Amen. If your life is boring, praise him. Amen. If your life is stressful, praise him. Yeah. No matter the circumstances, praise God. Amen. And remember that he can rewrite anyone's story. Amen.